Welcome to Break a Wish, the podcast where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic consequences. I'm Maddox Campbell. Joining me this time, we have Rachel Manson. Hello, hello. And Jenna LeBlanc. Hello. And we are talking about A Wish for Christmas, the 2016 Hallmark Christmas movie that is a thing that we will be discussing. Uh. Um, it, it's a journey. It's a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's start with what is our experience with watching Hallmark movies and this movie specifically? Uh, Jenna, can you get us started? <laughs> yeah. Um, Hallmark movies are one of those things that I've heard about a lot and they're sort of n- notorious for being cheesy but i actually don't think i've actually seen one until today so is this your first one yeah um you know i've heard about them like a meta thing like i've seen parodies of hallmark movies but i don't think i've ever actually seen a real one until today and well i mean until a few days ago so boy was it uh was it an experience i'll say Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and I thought I had. I, I had assumed that some of those like made-for-TV Christmas movies I'd seen had been Hallmark ones, mm-hmm. but I went and double-checked them and realized no, they were just separate bad made-for-TV t- movies. <laughs> it's just so a- this is actually my first Hallmark one too. Oh my wow. god! I had assumed that the film that my mom made me watch called *Mary In-Laws*, <laughs> about a science-loving woman who finds out her fiance is the son of Santa Claus, and then Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus come. That sounds the so wedding. Hallmark. It's not Hallmark. It's not. It's apparently <laughs> like the off... Johnson Film Group or something. Oh, it sounds God. so Hallmark. I that checks it off like four Hallmark boxes. There's a yeah, drinking game. Yeah, and it also game. stars two it. of the actors from Cheers, oh, uh, Santa God. and Mrs. Claus, Shelley Long and, uh, oh. and George Went. Oh, you my know God. what? <laughs> Disqualifies Hallmark. That is way too big a budget. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, it can go. have no no big name actors of any kind, despite them I mean, being on TV for like these are former big name big name. Yeah, actors. yeah, right. they only get wieners. one former actor, don't they? We got Gretchen <laughs> Wieners here. <laughs> I I don't know who that is. Yeah. Gretchen Wieners. Uh, she's the star. She was one of Lacey Chabert is the star of this this motion picture, and um, she is also one of the stars of Mean Girls. Oh, right. Hey. But has she done? Okay, so I looked that up and I was like, because you were making a big deal, like, oh, this is the one with Lacey Chabert. Yes. And so I looked it up and I saw Mean Girls, and then I did not recognize anything else. That since. is, yes. So that is because she was. Did in I miss something? Mean was, Girls? was something in there a bigger deal and, that I didn't know about? Or oh no 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 no. Here's what happened with Lacey, Lacey Chabert is an excellent example because Hallmark does this often. It is she was in Mean Girls. She was in not another teen movie, and then everything else was like. Christian Hallmark. I like I I went to the dark side and now I only wear sweaters um kind of film. So now literally right. her her entire career starting with the uh, seminal classic uh Christian Mingle the movie starring Lacey Chabert. Oh boy. Oh boy. Don't you, don't you wish that that didn't happen? Um and now she literally her whole career is just doing these Hallmark movies. Okay, so it's like she was a good enough actress; she could have had a career, but then at some point, like added to her writer, uh, no violence and nothing more th- sexual than a kiss, and then she got stuck in these. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even say stuck. I feel like it's a it's a, a sell your soul kind of thing where she's like, literally, if this you could Hallmark churns out like 
eight movies a week every year. So she could make like 10 movies every year guaranteed for the rest of her life, make a huge bank and walk away. She just has to, you know, only do these. Job security. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was wondering about that because I don't have any TV acting experience, but I feel like (laughs) it would have to be so fun to be in one of these. Like, is it a fun thing where you're all know how ridiculous it is and you're all laughing the whole way? Or is it like, (laughs) This is hell. I'm a real actor. I shouldn't be doing this. Like, (laughs) I can't imagine like a notorious director on one of these films being like, no, 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 get it right. Do it again. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. They take it so seriously as an art form. But I I feel like it's all rushed anyways. Like it's all in like, they're all filmed in Ottawa. They're all filmed with the same like vibe Two two uh, locations, 13 cast oh, yeah. members that's it oh, so i feel like i want to talk about <laughs> i want to talk about the production value of this very much but we can maybe talk oh. about that later because it's oh, yes. yeah, we'll have time for that. Oh, something yes. to be desired it's amazing <laughs> it's fantastic <laughs> Uh, well, okay, you're clearly our, our expert on this podcast. So, Rachel, tell oh. the people how much experience do you have with Hallmark movies? Oh, it's going to be embarrassing the amount of expertise I bring to this. Um, it's <laughs> it's really upsetting. I wish I could like have a degree in engineering or something. But here's my this is my thing, I guess. So, I have a uh, web series with the lovely comedian M.K. Morris uh, called "Comedians Getting High and Watching Hallmark Movies." where we uh, get some comedians together and we watch Hallmark movies and get high. And we've done a couple in uh, quarantine. Mostly we're pre-filmed before the COVID days. I have seen so many of these. I have seen so Do many. Do you have a number? I. It's close to 50 for sure. Oh my God. You know, it, no one wants this, I, least of all me. I mean, it's also because to be fair, before we started this web series, we did it for fun. So like I would do with my roommate of like, all right, let's get high and watch a Hallmark movie and trash it. Uh, and so it's it's more of a sport, if anything. Um, there are, we have like, we've created Hallmark. Uh, there's There's already Hallmark drinking games out there, but we created our own rules for the Hallmark smoking game. Uh, for like just you can drink your ginger ale every time you see a noticeable Canadian location that they're trying to disguise as Seattle like that happens every single time (laughs) and yeah there's there's a bunch of Hallmark points uh, in this one some classic Lacey Chabert is a is a a shot in and of itself just take a shot every time you see her in a film Um, so show up a lot oh my god all of them uh, all of them every single one i did some quick back of the envelope math for you uh you have spent over three full days watching hallmark films wow i think i should <laughs> stop this is not good because this is i'm gonna be super snaky about this and be super honest when maddox came to me and said do you know any bad uh like wish related christmas movies I had already seen this film and therefore recommended it. <laughs> yeah. You recommended it with like, oh no, no, here's our couple. Oh no, this is the one it has Do to be. Do this one because like, I've seen it with my one. roommate. You gotta you gotta watch it. It's um mother of god we we have a lot to talk about <laughs> okay i'm gonna try to do a quick synopsis so that people Please, who yes. didn't go through this can try to follow along at home yeah uh, so our main protagonist is a bit of a pushover and she works at an ad agency where even though she's the web developer she apparently does all the copy and ideas for everyone at the company <laughs> i didn't even notice that <laughs> <laughs> yeah her job was kind of like a generic they just didn't really explain yeah, what I was, the hell this company was or what exactly. she did there. I just thought <laughs> her job. I literally thought point. her job was office. 
No, she's <laughs> her office job worker. Office worker. <laughs> oh, that's. So she's a pushover, and she uh, goes to a Christmas party and says, "You know what? I wish I I could just stand up for myself once." And uh, a, a mysterious Santa that she assumes is like a hired actor to work at her fancy party, dressed up as Santa, comes over to her and offers her oh, that wish. Gives her a magic envelope that updates in real time, I guess. <laughs> this, I'll talk about it later, but this <laughs> whole interaction with the Santa Claus is something. Unbelievable. How quick yeah. everyone is in the Hallmark universe to immediately believe that not only magic, but Santa <laughs> exists is insane. But then well, the thing and- at the end is that then she calls someone to ask who the hired Santa <laughs> at the party was. So she accepts like- the premise that she has a magical wish, but she still believes that this man is like a hired actor. Wait, that's such a good just- point. So she just believes he was a hot, like a magical hired actor worker. He's still <laughs> yeah. fucking magic. I'm so confused that scene exists. It doesn't yeah. need to be in there. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. But so he grants her wish to give her the ability to speak up for herself, which basically gives her Karen powers. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's what I meant. <laughs> She's just mean but, to people in the service industry. <laughs> oh well, even when she stands up for herself, she always has a bunch of like, I'm sorry, but and please and thank yous, and like oh. so much extra like niceness thrown into it. You're so right. It's, it's so like, Karen. Oh my god. So- yeah yeah uh, i wrote down that her power was just harassing people in the service industry and doing what she yeah. wanted <laughs> most of what oh. she does most the first time she does it to her her boss who is a jerk yeah. fine uh and sent she assumes because she was mean to her boss at the party that she's getting fired and decides to quit but her handsome upper boss the Ooh. owner of the company the decides, bigger no boss. no we're gonna we're gonna take you along on a business trip to talk to uh one of our clients they go on that business clip and, and slowly fall in love because it's a Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> uh, and find out that it's they end up in his hometown where he has the most mild of issues with his father. Oh, my God. I have so much, I have so much to, to say issue. about his father. Yeah. Oh, we my God. Go into that. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Uh, but they managed to, after a bunch of weird lumps in the trip, <laughs> they managed to talk to that boss. She ends up standing up to that client who was mean to them. And so they get the contract and they go back for a Christmas party and they fall in love, I guess. The end. Boo! Just things we want to dive in on deeper. Oh, God. Well, I mean... Is a strong word. Yeah, yeah, I go for it. Yeah, I feel like we're going to talk about the same things. Oh, there's just so much. I don't even know where to start. But I will say I did some like IMDb research. Oh my God. Lacey Shabert, Shabert, I'm not sure. Shabert. Apparently, apparently was seven months pregnant during the filming of this entire movie. I she knew had, it. She, because <laughs> I was watching the whole time. I was like, they're framing her really weird. She's wearing yes. all these like lumpy, awful looking clothes. Like, yes. And we why never do this. Literally on okay. the poster for this film, she is holding some files in front of her belly. We never see her below the boobs ever. <laughs> it's I, yeah. I hadn't noticed, but now that you say it, like I'm looking at the poster. Yeah. It's entirely just framed. I was just going to say this entire, um, movie is sponsored by mormon sweaters but like that's (laughs) you're so right that's she's totally pregnant yeah oh and that's fantastic too like i looked up paul green who's the guy who plays peter the hot boss and his 
not only is he from Alberta, my of course uh, home he is. province. Oh my god, <laughs> the men are always Canadian actors for sure. His four tenets of like quality living are fatherhood, fitness, family, and faith. So Ew. I feel like is that his Instagram bio? Are the same thing. <laughs> fatherhood, yeah, and family. But there's got to be some weird religious undertone to this whole harm- Hallmark thing because there, yeah, it totally seems like there's a weird Mormon vibe through the whole one, thing. One thousand percent, there is, and there's a <laughs> huge problem with. Um, definitely, we're not going to. It's going to get depressing if we talk about it now. But like, oh, okay, look okay. up, look up on your own. T- like Hallmark has a huge problem with diversity. They have a huge problem with showing any sort mm-hmm. of like even a mixed race couple for a while. They mm-hmm. wouldn't show or like they obviously- wouldn't show mixed races in their background actors. Background actors have complained about yeah. that a lot. Being like, no, you can't stand next to her. You'd imply things. So that you're was, standing. Wow. Yeah, to be fair, like, not to, oh my god, ew, don't be fair. I was about to say, to be fair to Hallmark, fuck that. Don't be fair to Hallmark. <laughs> they don't need our fairness. Like, they have changed that in recent films, but, like, it's it's not cool that it took that. Like, they're just trying to appease their, like, deep south consumers, truly. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, and- they, they finally did include some uh, some some gay couples. And, like, yeah, a lot of their fan base oh, their is fan base rejecting exploded. it powerfully. Oh, yeah. they exploded. It's now uh-huh. the, the work of Satan. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's One some issues there. One of our there. 20 movies this year. <laughs> As yeah. a gay couple, no, they all are bad now. So, well, it's yeah. also the reason that, like, the main, the romantic interest couple can only share, like, one brief peck. That's it. That's just like one, mwah, and it has to be when it's clear they are going to get married or like yeah. <laughs> be together it's forever. Been blessed by God, it's and been that, blessed uh, by God and the Holy Spirit, a hundred percent. Both virgins, and <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Is the whole thing because they go so far to avoid any sort of like romantic. Yeah, sexiness. You don't root for this couple at all. You're at like, all. first of all, he's her boss, which is. See, that's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah, oh, yeah. they try to sideline that at one point where it's like, "Oh, she's cute." Yeah, but she's one of my one of my workers. Subordinates, literally. And yeah, then his mom was it. like, "But when?" It, literally, the conversation was like, "Hey, his mom and his like sister were like, hey, she's cute.'" And then he's like, "Yeah, but she's like, I, I I'm her boss." But they're like, "But when's the last time you had a date?" What? <laughs> So, so you should put, hit on your subordinates? Put the charm yeah, on this cool. employee of yours that you've dragged kind of against her will across the country, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure nothing will go wrong. A thousand percent. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like, I mean, this did happen before the Me Too movement, but it's like they saw the Me Too movement and were like, but no one's telling the story of when the boss hits on his subordinate and it does work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need uh, to acknowledge the, 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 the all weird the t- power yeah. imbalances that do work out. Yeah, all the times it does lead to Christly love. But <laughs> oh, there's so much weird shit here. Like the I I know where we're gonna get to it and we're hopping around a little bit, but I as we've as I've said, I've seen a unhealthy amount of these films this Mm -hmm. man's father was one of the most uncomfortable screen presences i think i've ever seen (laughs) well okay yeah i think we have to dive into it because they established like oh i don't want to see my father we have a a terrible sordid past he gave me an ultimatum i i don't want to see him ever again i don't want to be even go home for christmas he would like appear in the background and then stare at them for a second and then pointedly walk away as though he doesn't want to be involved. 
I know. I thought like yeah. someone tried to kill the other, or there was some sort of like yeah. abusive past. Oh, it's and nothing. it was it's, no. I just he he wanted me to be a lawyer, and I wanted to do um ad business, a separate white collar yeah. job. I became um, a like a a billionaire businessman instead. Sorry, dad. Like what yeah, the fuck? Also, like, it's not like he wanted to be like a Cirque du Soleil performer yeah. or something. It's <laughs> like, he's a four year old man with his own marketing firm. Like, exactly. and the dad is mad at that. It's like, how dare you not become a lawyer and instead become this other 40 year old white man job. Like it's yeah. so, he's not being like a rebel. And I want the proper uh, reaction to that resentment is the occasional quip around the dinner table, not, yes. not what is presented here. <laughs> not, I don't and, talk to my son anymore. <laughs> they set up so much that the dad has this incredible dislike for the son, like won't even talk to him. They haven't talked in two years. He gave him an ultimatum at Christmas Eve. Ooh. And then um, Sarah is like turning on her wish charm to convince the dad to make amends with the son. Uh-huh. And part of her reasoning is that she tells him that he works on Christmas and the dad is like, what? He yeah. works on Christmas? It's like, what? Why do you give a shit? You haven't <laughs> talked to him in two years. <laughs> not, not only do you not give a shit, it has been widely established up until this point that you don't even like Christmas. And you, you hate haven't, Christmas. <laughs> you haven't even done it. You, you, like, she's literally like, want to go make Christmas cookies? And he's like, no, fuck that. I'm watching football, bitch. And, like, she, <laughs> yeah. she didn't say that. But <laughs> well, no, that was the sentiment. Pretty that much implied. This guy looks like, you know what, what vibe he gave me? And I don't want to be overdramatic, but has anyone seen The Jinx, the like true crime documentary about the serial killer? Oh. No, I've heard about it, but I've okay. not seen it. Um, well, he gives me, for those of you who know the reference, he gives me, um, oh God, what's the, f- uh, Robert Durst vibes. Robert Durst, the serial killer, is the dad <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> um, he kind of has like middle-aged Clint Eastwood vibes. If Clint Eastwood yeah. had a very hard life and hated <laughs> everyone, like and also hated like movies and being in movies, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like they found also, him. Like, he wasn't like I guess if you're going to be like I'm scared of my dad, we have such a sort of past. You'd think he would be a more intimidating figure, but he was like, you know, yeah, he was like thin and, and oh like, yeah, <laughs> he's very meek. All things considered, yeah, he looks he, like yeah. a mouse. Quiet. He looks like a little mouse boy. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to imagine you being scared of that. Like, I, I mean, you could just like come into the house and be like, "Oh well, yeah, we don't talk anymore," but I'm going to stand here and he's going to walk away from me because <laughs> yeah, he's a pushover. It's such a oh god, it's so weird. The whole family dynamic that's like. Literally, the dad's not talking to us, and the mom, my mom and my sister are gonna like make you fall in love with me because you work. We're work <laughs> associates. Like, it's so weird. The thing is, that's not his sister; it's his aunt. But I get why you'd be confused Wait, because the actress. Yeah, so the actress who played Paul uh, Peter's mom was only. Uh, uh, what is it? Seven years older than him. Fuck off. <laughs> these, I'm sorry. His aunt is his. There. These actors are the same age. I'm sorry. That woman yeah. is the oh, same age as that man. Fuck that. Oh, that yeah, drives me nuts. You've got this clearly 40 year old man hugging his quote unquote mom, who's like maybe 55. Like it's, literally, it's ridiculous. Like, did she have him at 12? I don't get it. But also, I will say that that is a hallmark point is when they pick a male leading actor who is grossly too old for the role, but they just kind of ignore it. Yeah. That is a big Hallmark thing. The guy is like 
47 and the woman is like 28 and no one talks about it ever yeah i i really didn't feel i i did not like the romantic uh connection that they were trying to make in this there was none he had no charisma no they didn't even seem like friends they really did just seem like vague workers yeah exactly but they did have that romantic tree decorating moment together where they both Hung up a single ornament each, and then we <laughs> over some pumpkin pie, and then wait. Yeah, I guess we're done. Yeah, that was so funny. About? The aunt literally was like, "Do you mind decorating this entire tree for me?" And they're like, "Sure." And they each put up one ornament and then leave. <laughs> they're like, "All right, done." Oh, but you can have some of my pumpkin pie, which Ew. is the best this side of the Rockies. Oh, so which they annoying. bring up multiple times, so many times. I d- no no pumpkin pie can be that good. Pumpkin is mediocre at best. It is a it is a squash like mistake. I don't know. <laughs> hey everyone, Maddox popping in here for just a moment to recommend another podcast you might want to check out. The ongoing comic discussion podcast is a weekly show where host and comic lover Tess dives into a new comic story with her special guests every week. Whether you're a grizzled comic veteran or brand new to the medium and don't know where to start, there's something for everyone on OCD. It's all about having fun discussions, sharing a love of comic books, and maybe even learning something along the way. This show is part of the Brain Freeze Podcast Network, so you can check out this and other great shows wherever you get your podcasts or at brainfreezepodcast.com. Okay, back to the show. Well, okay, I think something else that really stood out to me about this film was the fact that it deeply disrespected the intelligence of its audience. Every plot point that it thinks is important for you to know for this story is brought up at least three times immediately. Oh, "Oh, look, I'm your boss. Yes, that's my boss over there. The cute guy. That was my boss. (laughs) It's so true. Well, even the boss will be there tonight. Like it's always everything is said so many times. It's like we're here. (laughs) We're here. I love, I love, so um, we'll jump into it, but oh God, I can't even remember his name, Mr. Williams or something. Basically the whole movie culminates in the fact that they need to make this pitch. Like they've traveled from Chicago to Seattle and then from Seattle to this like little ski resort town where Peter is originally from. And the whole time they're like, oh, this guy's like a real stickler. Like he's got a really hard time. He's a, he's a businessman. He doesn't, he doesn't like pitches that, uh, you know, anyways, it's just this whole pitch idea. Yeah. Not only do they reiterate that to the point of like, he's leaving them outside in the cold in the winter, uh. but he's also, when he finally has a meeting with them, simultaneously talking to someone else on his Bluetooth headset like, oh during gosh. their meeting. They just go through such rings to like establish him as the villain. And we're like, we know already. And then it gets, re- <laughs> and then it gets resolved by her like, First, she calls. She's like, "Hey, you're sexist, and this is fucked up, and you're and you're bad." Because she calls it. He calls her like sweetheart or honey or something. That's yeah. gross. Yeah. And then it's resolved not by like, "Hey, we don't have to do business with that guy. He's a jerk." She goes back in the car with him and is like, <laughs> "Sorry for calling you a jerk, you absolute jerk, but we need your money." Like, that's not morally resolved. That's just you sucking up to him. 
he's still a jerk and a sexist and bad. And the moral is not, let's not work with him anymore. It's go back and apologize and beg for forgiveness for his money. Yeah. I think, I think what you pointed out too is like, Hey, her problem with him was that he was kind of sexist. So her solution was to go into the backseat of his car. Yeah. (laughs) That, yeah. That might not be the best plan. Might not be the best place to get yourself alone with this, this, very aggressive guy. I love the premise that business is run. Like I get the trope of like a hard hitting capitalist, like boss guy who doesn't have time for anyone. But I think if you're going to be successful in business, you at least have to like keep the appointments you promised to make because they fly all the way from Chicago to Seattle. And then his receptionist is like, Oh, I'm sorry. He's canceled your meeting. And they're like, uh, sorry what and she's like but you can go chase him up to this ski resort and pitch it to him there it's like what yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah he's willing to take this meeting apparently but only if you go harass him for a while i'm like i don't think that's how business is <laughs> yeah right. how business works <laughs> you go meet yeah, him at he his he vacation had taken another client or he had taken another company so like there was already a contract <laughs> oh. yeah it's also, Megan, his receptionist, is hilarious because she's there in Seattle, but then she also shows up yeah. at the lodge. So presumably she also <laughs> she went for like a ski vacation. I know. Why is she up there? We both, the, the minute she came back on screen, we're like, when did she come here? Like, why is she <laughs> Also, if she was going the there, she could have given them a ride. <laughs> yeah. Totally. How the fuck did she get there? There was, as we saw in this, in, in an incredible, um, emotionally stirring scene there were no rental cars left <laughs> it is the one time her power actually does yield magic because she gets mad at a service service worker and then a car guy. magically appears that was oh not God. there before this poor uh, which just makes me think he stole that rental from someone else so if we had kept rolling yeah. on that scene uh <laughs> like an amputee mother of like four orphans would have shown up and would have been like no nope, no cars anymore no the, the end of that scene is that man got fired because literally what <laughs> happened was she carried his ass and was like, fuck you, there's no rent. I'm adding so much in swearing. Um, but screw you, there's no rental cars left. Give us a rental car. He gives them a rental car. He blatantly said they were all previously on reserve. So somebody else came in that day and was like, my rental car's gone. And now I can't make it home for Christmas. And that man got fired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, wanted, I wanted to talk about So last Christmas when I tried to go home and when I was trying to come back, I spent a collective, I want to say like 37 hours waiting in airports because I was trying to fly standby and I eventually just had to buy myself a flight because it's impossible to fly or travel during Christmas because everything gets booked. But apparently you can just take a last minute trip from Chicago to Seattle and then his parents also go from like Seattle to Chicago and everyone's kind of just flying last minute because there's apparently flights available. Wait, that's Um, a good point. In the final, in the final like uh, reveal that his family had come for Christmas Eve, like they had no problem finding last minute flights and or rental services. Right. Yeah, they so yeah they flew back to him. Yeah, I they just also, show up in Chicago apropos of nothing. Oh, it's now, so I true. think it is because they are also themselves crazy rich. Yeah, Gotta be, right? they must like, have maybe. like. Well, he has his own law firm. That's pretty fucking lucrative. But um, yeah, and, oh, and but they also, also seem to own yeah like sorry, an entire bed and breakfast in this giant like vacation town with a ski resort yeah, at his, it. So, his like, sister aunt has a bed and breakfast that is also just a house that they filmed in. 
Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like more of the same house that they filmed in, but different rooms. Um, I will say that this is actually very funny. Before, Sometimes before I, uh, me or my roommate or whoever I'm watching with watch Hallmark movies, we make predictions. And she predicted that this film will either take place in Seattle or Chicago. And it's in both. (laughs) And it's in both. Yeah. And I love the... uh... To establish that we're in Chicago, we get this lovely like stock footage montage of Chicago at the beginning and then absolutely yeah. no yeah. other establishing nope. <laughs> details. I, yeah. Because it was filmed in-, that's in other movies. That that stock shot is in other Hallmark films. Oh my God. The they just one. have the recycled big city footage. Because yeah. it was filmed, this one was filmed in Surrey, BC. So like <laughs> it definitely oh. does not feel like Chicago at all. I thought it was in Hamilton. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. I see you. They, they switched it up. They went uh, West Coast instead of instead East. Instead of just time. Middle East. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Can we talk about uh, her when she, when her powers work and she has like a That's So Raven moment? Oh my God. Yeah, she yes. has everything goes because they have to put that in because otherwise you couldn't yeah, tell that that yeah. was a power being used. Exactly. How possibly could we know that she was being brave? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awful. It's also like the the power really fades into the background of this. Like it almost feels like it was a secondary thought to it. Like they had the whole plot figured out and then they were like, "All oh, right, I guess it's a Christmas film. We should probably put some magic in here somewhere." Yeah. Totally. And then just wrote in like that one scene and then we'll just put a little sparkle in the behind her in this moment and blur it. Yeah. Yeah, the whole middle middle 40 or whatever of this movie there's like no mention of the wish and in fact all the problems they set up at the beginning of the movie are resolved 20 minutes in it's like man i wish i could stand up to people at the office and also this guy's stealing my ideas and then it's like great now you're confident and that guy's fired and you get the thing it's like okay i guess we better invent some new problems so this this guy's dad hates him and uh (laughs) What if this guy has an absent dad that's just kind of watching football? Yeah. I, th- I think there was one scene with her with her friend where she calls him up and goes like, remember, I have a magic power right now. Right. And, oh. and you'll have lots of time to use it. Like, it's like a reminder that that's part of the story. Yeah. It's so exhausting. Anywhere oh, my God. And that friend, so Molly, apparently... Um, they've known each other since the seventh grade, and now they work in the same office. Um, and Molly is apparently her friend, but insists that she buys the entire office coffee every day and also gives her all of her work to do. And, and also in such a condescending way of like, can you do my work? You're so good at it. Like, fuck off. Yeah, it, it's a compliment. <laughs> I appreciate your, it's like, what are you so funny? good at edits on documents? Like, what do they do? <laughs> and then they have like a five second scene where it's like, You've been taking advantage of me. You're right. I have been. I'm sorry. All is forgiven. It's like, how long has this been going on? Yeah. And then she's like, yeah. And then she's just like still a friend. It's just, it's so weird. It's all so weird. Yeah. There was no, no comeuppance. I guess the only character who gets any comeuppance in this is her first boss. The guy who was stealing her ideas. Dirk. Dirk. Completely fired. Yes. Dirk oh. is the most, I wrote down, he's the most psychopathically maniacal looking man I have ever seen. It it's looks like, like every, his, sorry, yeah. go, go for it. Just every time the camera finds him, he's like grinning as if he wants to kill everyone in the room. Like it's not a scheme, it's like murderous intent. He it's, looks wild. 
crazy. You it know what? The like one change, the one change he made to her plan is actually a good one. He changed it from Christmas 365 to holiday 365 to be more inclusive. Yeah, yeah. literally. And then he's the bad guy <laughs> because he's like anti-Christmas. Fuck you. <laughs> oh God. I mean, he did steal her ideas and that's not nice, but he literally looks like he has like a fish hook stuck in his upper lip and he's just like also <laughs> sexualizing those around him. Constantly it's, sneering. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. I cannot get over the absolute just lack of charisma everyone in this cast has. Lacey Chabert really does shine because everyone else is just giving me cardboard. Yeah, I know. Nobody is memorable or... Yeah, interesting to watch. Like, none of them... It's like none of them are actors and they just, like, had to find people in this this hometown. (laughs) I I think I want to put the blame for that on the script or the direction, though, because it doesn't just feel like they're not acting it feels like they're being told to act boring that's true like it, that's actually I, yeah. I i will i will commend that yes yeah it feels like the script is saying like repeat the same couple of lines act as though you're like mm-hmm. family making lighthearted jokes at each other like Ugh. do as little to be interesting as possible well, yeah, yeah i think it that might pain. be true because even the role of santa which i feel like any person could pull off like a jolly magical santa character comes off as like drunk and or tired like he has a slight scottish accent he shows up in the cheapest like party city santa costume ever he doesn't even have like a bushy beard or like any of this like lovely santa isms he looks like he got lost and someone needs to find him like yes he's (laughs) he's escaped from the retirement home and he's just kind of slurring his way through like granting this wish to this woman and then he kind of just disappears i know and it's so crazy what they have to do in this film just to stall time because you're right like they solve so many things so quickly that it just becomes like well the meeting we had got moved to tomorrow so i guess we'll bake cookies for 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) they just have to keep postponing meetings just so that they'll have a movie and it's yeah you're right it's not like there's a single arc story through it it's just they have a constant little like oh and here's a little blip of a of a problem and we'll solve it blip problem solve it so when you're at the end of it you're like did we do something? Did we go on a journey? No. Was there a hero that experienced growth here? No. Yeah, no they're one kind experienced of, growth. They're kind of all in the same place at the end, except now there's a romantic entanglement between a boss and an employee, and they have a bit more money like, yeah. because of this <laughs> bad contract. Like Everyone else is still the same. Also, can we talk yeah, about the I fact mean- that he didn't end up like letting his employees go home for christmas he just made them, work, made them food like well, okay he said and anyone who wants to can go home and then like stares at them for a second in a way that says you can't that doesn't mean you can exact you're exactly right like yeah. he's like no. yeah no. if you have a family like go home to them but those who want to stay with me and work and obviously like i'm sure everyone in the office is like well i want to go home but like uh, but the I can't be that, yeah. exactly. I can't be that person. It's just so un. I, like you bringing them mashed potatoes doesn't make it okay that they're working late on Christmas Eve. His- also, what are you doing on Christmas? Like all the other businesses, you're an ad agency. All the other businesses are closed. Yeah, your job is mostly calling people up and like. I think it's illegal. Yeah, what are these pressing contracts that you need to get done on Christmas? Yeah. His whole Peter's whole um, attitude towards Christmas is baffling because presumably. Two years ago, before he and his dad fell out, his 
mom and aunt are like Christmas maniacs. So he probably <laughs> knows like what Christmas spirit is, but mm-hmm. then he's shocked to hear that his employees might not want to work on Christmas. Like, yeah, so Sarah's like, oh what? You, you'd never told them that they don't have to work. And he's like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Like maybe well, I should tell them they don't have to work Christmas. It's like, what? How do you not know that the biggest holiday of the year, like people might want to be with their families? Yeah, oh, it's so yeah. true. And we learned that from the one speaking other office member, uh, the like possibly flamboyant uh, other. Oh, Brian. Oh, oh yeah, Brian, the other coworker. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> they have that hilarious moment where both he and the male boss are standing under the mistletoe, but they're both men. Oh, oh. what a silly situation for I'm them to so be I'm so glad that they used <laughs> that for humorous purposes. Um, oh, and I love how Brian is like, He's mistletoe happy. Like, I feel like he's an HR suit waiting to happen. He's like running around. Everyone in this office is an HR suit waiting to happen. The boss is having an affair with his subordinate. Yeah, Dirk is like incredibly manipulative and kind of psychotic. And Brian is going around trying to sexually harass everyone into kissing him. You're totally right. Your best friend shows up at a Christmas party very thirsty. Does she not? Yeah, she... Oh my god, she totally... This is a very sexual ad agency. Yeah. (laughs) None of it within sight. All of it behind the scenes, but you know it's there. It's all very insidious, very like just walks the line. This movie is the Me Too movement's nightmare. Literally. Yeah, oh my god. (laughs) Ugh, That's disgusting. what I was going to say, too, is it was made in 2016, yes. but it feels like it's from t- 2007. Like, yes. everyone's hair and makeup and outfits are very high school for me. And it's uh-huh. like, what what era are they trying to set this in? Because no, it looks... You're absolutely right. Nobody looks very good in this movie. <laughs> no one looks good. No one looks good. Except for Sarah, who lays down to sleep at night with a full face of, like... Of uh, like shadow eyeshadow and and mascara like, and stuff like, like blue eyeshadow too. It's <laughs> and not it's pillow, full smoky eye, full lipstick. Absolutely. Um, oh my god, yeah, that's so. I was looking at the Google image of this movie. I forgot that guy Brian had a bike helmet with a mistletoe attached <laughs> to the helmet. He's literally sexual harassing anyone who comes close to him. Yeah. But oh. it's okay because he's quirky and <laughs> that is all right, I guess. That I don't know. Fine. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, this movie. This movie. Uh, it's, it's a thing. Okay. I think we we need to put it to rest. Leave it leave it down. Okay. Leave put it, it down. Yeah. Good. Put it, put it in a shed and shoot it, perhaps. <laughs> I, feel, uh, I feel good. It is, <laughs> it is a mess of a movie. So we need to wrap up. Do we have any last final shot uh, thoughts on this film? I guess for me, it's like, there's the movies that are good enough to be enjoyable, and then there's the movies that are so bad that you like love watching them because they're so bad. This one was a little disappointing because it's like it's not even that fun to no, watch. It's because more it's boring. so bad. Exactly. Yeah, it, it is aggressively bland. I think that yes. is the right way to put it. Yeah, um, a thousand I, percent. I think you can get joy out of it, like we have. If yes. you know you're going to talk about it and rip into it with friends, and you probably should have used some sort of inebriant. Yeah. as uh, Rachel <laughs> is wont to do. I encourage it. <laughs> but yes, if I will, as I am a show about magic wishes, I will say if anyone has a chance uh, when a Santa shows up to you, gives you a wish of anything you want for the next 48 hours, ask mm-hmm. for better powers than Karen powers. Oh my God. You yep. have 
The power to be a Karen is already within you all along. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I, gotcha. I had and you word. still shouldn't use it. And you still shouldn't, yeah. Be respectful of service workers, especially at Christmas. Oh my God, yes. And of course, use your bravery for maybe helping people and not yelling at people with lower income than you. Oh my God. I did want to say one thing about the wish is that Santa shows up and he's like, if you could wish for anything in the world, what would it be? And she's like, well, I don't know, I guess to be brave and more confident. And then Santa's immediately like, well, that's a pretty hard wish. Are you sure that's what you want? It's like, are you not Santa? Can you not grant this wish? What are the limitations of your magic? Yeah, he's like, I'll talk to the elves and see what they can do. And it's like, what? The elves? Are they the ones granting the magical Christmas wishes? Honestly, like, there's more proof in this film that that was an imposter Santa and just a crazy man <laughs> than that was actually Santa. He's just a crazy I, man. I really want to see that Santa's head explode when someone asks for like world peace or an end of racism or Literally, the end of fascism I, or something. I thought she was going to do something to help out. And she's like, you know what? I wish I could ask for the manager. And then that's just what she gets. <laughs> what if I use this solely for my own personal gain? Ugh, sucks. I hope Santa just sucks. gave her a drink and goes like, get drunk. You'll be way braver. You'll speak yeah. your mind. Yeah. Literally. Fine. This becomes like an, an insane tale of like um, enabling intoxication and like finding recovery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe God. it is. Maybe it's an alternate reality and Sarah is just drinking the entire time yeah. and looking at an envelope and it looks like it's moving. <laughs> I love it. The rest of this is a drunk dream that, yeah. that she has the yeah. night after. Oh, I love it. Let's do that. That would have honestly been more exciting than this absolute <laughs> beige nightmare. Oh. Beige nightmare is a good way to describe it. Such a beige well, nightmare. yeah. Thank you for sharing this beige nightmare as a collective unconscious dream with me. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Rachel, for coming. Thank you, Jenna, for coming. Yeah, and thank you all of you who listened along. We will have another movie. I I wish you a happy holidays and 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 watch watch better movies, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>Well, that's what we came up with, but we want to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at BreakAWishPod, email BreakAWishPod at gmail.com, join the BreakAWish discussion group on Facebook, and you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at BreakAWish.ca. For more Rachel Manson, you can check out Comedians Getting High and Watching Hallmark Movies on Facebook, or you can check out her podcast about witchcraft, tarts, and craft on the sonarnetwork.com in the archive. For more Jenna LeBlanc, you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at philojenny. She's doing her biology PhD, so it's lots of pictures of flowers and grassy fields. This is a Kicks and Giggles Entertainment production, hosted by Maddox Campbell, themed by Matthew Reed, cover art by Justin Langford, and a proud member of the Sonar Podcast Network. More podcasts at thesonarnetwork.com. So, what would you wish for? has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Hey, Griffin here, and we want to tell you about our show. It's called Killed to Death, and every week we solve a made-up murder. 
It's all improv with a ton of great comedy guests like Sean Cullen, Mark Little, Sarah Hennessy, Becky Johnson, Chris Locke, a polite no from one of the members of legendary Canadian comedy group Kids in the Hall. Sometimes you can hear the guys who live above us talking through the ceiling, Nicole Passmore, and many more. Check it out on the Sonar Network where you can find this show or search Kill to Death wherever you get your podcasts. Killed to Death. It's usually less than an hour. Well, that's what we came up with, but we, we, well, that's what we came up with, but we want to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at breakawishpod, email breakawishpod at gmail.com. Join the Breakawish discussion group on Facebook, and you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at breakawish.ca. For more Rachel Manchin, for more Rachel Manson, you can check out her on Comedians Getting High and Watching Hallmark Movies on Facebook, or you can check out her podcast about witchcraft, tarts, and craft on thesonarnetwork.com in the archive. For more Jenna LeBlanc, you can follow her on Twitter or Instagram at PhiloJenny. She's doing her biology PhD, so it's lots of pictures of flowers and grassy fields. This is a Kicks and Giggles Entertainment production, hosted by Maddox Campbell, themed by Matthew Reed, cover art by Justin Langford and a proud member of the Sonar Podcast Network. More podcasts at thesonarnetwork.com. So, what would you wish for?